Kalimera, Kalispera, Kalinichta. No matter where in this weird and wonderful world you might be, thank you for making the Highbury Squad part of your day. We're going live every night this week. You spoiled rotten lot. Here is your second serving. Let's rock and roll. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad. Thanks again for tuning in. For those listening on replay, thanks for making us part of your day. And to everyone listening on our audio platforms, thank you also for making us part of your day. Some of you taking the week off, you need a breather, you need a break, because we know what's coming. Back again is my podcast brother from another mother, Mr. Super Kev, Super Kevin Campbell. Don't freeze in time on me, Kev. Good to see you again. On the Tuesday-ish <laughs> club. At ease, squaddies, at ease. This is the Tuesday-ish club. It's been a while since we've brought you one of these episodes. We love them. It's a little bit of a mix of what's happening right now. We also take a bit of a trip down memory lane. And joining Squad Central is one of my favourites. Uh, last time we spoke was a couple of years ago. I'd like to welcome comedian, writer, presenter, podcaster, podcaster, legendary Arsenal fan, Handbrake off. If you're not listening to that on The Athletic, I don't know where you're living or where you are. Welcome to Squad Central, Mr. Ian Stone. Hello, guys. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for having me. We are so happy that you are here. Um, Ian, let's start at the very beginning, shall we? Mm-hmm. I want to I rewind to the start of the season. Not long-winded. Just tell me, what did your top for I am going all the way back, Kev, but right no, now back, I just want to oh go, should I go back a little further? I'm to, going to do you know where I'm where, going? Go gone. <laughs> where are you going? Go back to <laughs> let me show to you. Losing out, losing out. I'm going this far back in a minute. Oh, oh yeah. we love that, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, we love that. I want to know where you had us finishing. What did your top four look like after we lost out to Champions League as Kev? Kev says, what, what did I, your little uh, crystal football tell you? I thought it would, this season would happen exactly as it has happened, actually. I'm I'm, uh, I'm not surprised. That... <laughs> you liar. Not... Yeah, of course I'm a liar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am... Um... Uh, when are we out? When are you asking me? Are we are you asking me after we lost to Newcastle and Spurs? Yes, what, what I felt like then, or what I felt like when I saw Jesus in pre season? Take it from where Kev wants things. you, yeah. Take it where Kev yeah, wants you to Newcastle, take it first, and yeah. then you see Jesus and Zinchenko coming, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, after season, yeah, after Newcastle and Tottenham, I did feel a bit gutted, but. I've all, I've always been of the feeling that you you can't do the Champions League until you're ready to do the Champions League, and I, did, I I wasn't sure that we had the squad. We obviously had some players, but I didn't think we had the squad. So I wasn't I was gutted at the time, but after a while, I thought, you know what, we're back in Europe. That was the plan, right, to get in the Europa mm-hmm. League. Um, so I sort of reconciled by that myself to that pretty quickly um quicker than the players i think who who were deeply upset and used it as rocket fuel and that's great but for me mm. i thought you know what i'm all right with europa league and let's see how we go then they bought jesus and Zinchenko, and i remember watching pre-season games and thinking Woof, they're good <laughs> jesus look i look and then we all everything seemed to be working quite well now I will say at this point, I have watched us a number of times in pre-season and thought, oh, we look really good here. <laughs> and things haven't, things haven't quite gone the way that I would hope, but we did look good in pre-season. Um, and what did I think? I thought we would make top four this year. That's what I thought. I, I, when I watched them in pre-season, I thought, they're good this lot and they will make top four. Um, what's happened is n- not what I expected. Not, not what well. anyone expected. No. What what position I'm, did you have Arsenal finishing, Ian? I know I top thought, four, but was it I thought third or, or third? I, I thought third or fourth. I didn't think we'd make top two. I thought City were going to win it, and I'm I'm shocked at how bad Liverpool have been. I thought Liverpool. they'd be up there again, and uh, and Man United are looking stronger. So I thought 
I, I sort of felt that it might fall apart with Ronaldo anyway. So I thought when they did get rid of him, <laughs> they would be good yeah. at that point. And that's turned out. So I thought we'd be third or fourth. That's what I thought. That, I mean, I, yeah. I didn't have any more feelings. I, you know, I didn't think we'd be going for the title. To be fair to me, neither did the team until Zinchenko said it to them, right? That's when it happened, I feel. I think yeah. Zinchenko, Zinni came in the dressing room and went, why are you thinking top four? You can be champions. And they all went, really? Really? But it, it's it's weird when people say those sort of things to you. you. You suddenly grow a few inches. And if they're saying it, if someone who's won the title three or four times comes in and says it, maybe you feel it as well. So I think that's what happened. There's a the impact that those two had is you know undeniable, isn't it? Kev, is do you think that players? Are th I know the the story, know the story, but as a player, I know you always say you're out to win and you always believe you're going to win the title. But this this Arsenal team, did, were they really thinking that they could win the title this season? Are you do agree with the Zinchenko moment? Um, partly, yeah. I, I think when you get winners in the dressing room who have done it, I think you look up to them and you listen to them because they know the course and distance. But I think Arsenal starting the season well was the key to everything. Mm -hmm. You've got to start... You've got to be... Damn his internet. Gosh, we whip around here, get Kev some new internet. Start putting the 5p <laughs> in it. We wait him. Yeah, timeout, Kev. Do your yeah. NBA thing. Do your timeout. He'll um he'll come he'll come back in, um no doubt. Ian, so let me take you back because I did put up that picture of Highbury, and you know I'm not aging anyone out here. Uh, we had Lee Judges on the show last night, and you know he's been around the block a little bit and seen the Arsenal us generation Xers, the baby boomers. You know you've seen a little bit of the good, the bad, uh, and the ugly, and. Um, <laughs> that might have been Kevin Campbell making that noise then I think it was it's payback Kev. for the abuse we gave him at Highbury years ago He'll... I never gave him abuse love him <laughs> he says that a few of us did I don't believe right. it um, so yeah so um, so we've got younger listeners now who have experienced us winning the FA Cup which is wonderful it's been great in our darkest years our darkest moments On while we're on our knees we're winning the FA Cup uh, and we're, we've completely lost our way in the Premier League. What is it taking you back to the Highbury era before we slot into the Emirates? What is it about the glory that you miss? We've had some bad times there, but we only remember the good times because there were so many. What is it about glory that you miss? Because you can taste it just there. It's right there this season. <laughs> I mean, at the moment, I'm not missing it. I'm loving every second of it. But I grew up at Highbury. I grew up at Highbury. So it was, um, that was home for me. I got taken there when I was seven years old. Look at that. Look at that. It's absolutely beautiful. I got taken there when I was seven by my dad, who could have taken me to Tottenham, incidentally, because he used to go to Tottenham one week and um, and then he used to go to Arsenal the next when you could do that. And um he took me, obviously, if he did take me to Tottenham, that would have been tantamount to child abuse, right? So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he took me to Arsenal. And I remember going up the steps about 1970, 71, going up the steps at Highbury. And then, and it was a night game. And there was the green pitch and the red shirts. And I went, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to, I want my life to be here. So uh, what do I miss? Of course I miss Highbury. I, all, although I should qualify that by saying, I miss Highbury less now because Emirates feels like home now. And it has taken a while, hasn't it? But it does feel like home. It's taken it's taken a really long while. And yeah. and the reason why I wanted to ask you about the, the glory years at Highbury is because I was reading an article today. I don't know how I found it, but it's from 2010. I don't know if this website even, um, if anyone used to read it or if it's still around with, with uh new articles and stuff. I just found this one piece. Um, Arsenal, Arsenal.net. It's a .net. It was from 2010. And the title of the um, article, Ian and Kev, is A Soulless Bowl or Waiting on History. And it was a really good read yeah, yeah, about yeah. how we look at the Emirates versus how we look at Highbury. And not that we should forget about Highbury, but when are we going to accept that it's gone? And Kev always says, Ian, that winning cures everything. Do you, do you think that the Emirates 
it's evolving into a volcano right now. You just said it, but do you think it's still undefined because we haven't won the title there? Or do you think the Ashburton army have helped define it? And the next step is, is for that to step in. Has it been redefined? Yeah, not it's not just it's not just the Ashburton Army. It's the whole whole feeling around around the uh, the the club now. Um, it, I I don't actually think it matters. I mean, obviously, I want us desperately to win the title, right? I genuinely do, but I don't think it's about that now. I think it feels like home, and I think maybe since the pandemic or something, I think since we've all come back and we've all gone, you know, this is our home, and then the team has started producing like they have. It feels like home now. Do you feel the same way, Kev? It does feel like home to me. I think it's it's more like home now. I think it just yeah. needs... The pieces in the puzzle are, are being put in place. We, we always needed a team. That's the key yeah. to having a new stadium. You need a team on the pitch that can do the business. Got, yeah. Definitely got one now. Got a manager now. I think the fan base have responded to the team and the team have responded to the fan base. Yeah, there's there's a few key missing, Ian, Sophie, that you know that's missing. What we've got to do to make it home, we've got to get across the line this yeah. season. Yeah, the Emirates needs a title. It needs a it needs a, a championship run. It needs a title to then go. This is home. The last pieces of the. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean, but I think all the wraps around the outside of the stadium and the the different yeah, fans but that's only scarves. just come in. I know, yeah, Ian, but, that, but that's, that's all part of it, though. That's isn't it? point. These yeah. pieces, yeah, these pieces of the sort have been going. But there's one thing: is the tr that trophy, that yeah. Premier League trophy, is what's missing. So, <laughs> be lovely. Hey, listen, lovely. everything's going in the right direction. Everything's yeah, yeah, yeah. going in the right direction. We just whittle the boys over the line, don't we? Ian, are you one that cares about, you know, I, one, I was really excited to talk to you about the journey because it clicked for me a little while ago. Um, Kevin and I talk about it a lot, and the All or Nothing um, gave us some real gems at the time, a couple that we laughed at, and looking back, I think we're all like, oh, wow, okay, I get it now. You know, um, kind of the penny drop moments. But do you... Do you feel like um, for for do you feel like if we don't win it, what will happen after in the media? Do you give a shit about any of that stuff? Do you care no. less? No, I'm just I, I I mean I'm a bit like the players now, game by game. Right, next is Leeds. Next is Leeds. Let's win that, and then let's see how far we can take it. I I I think this this team have been. I don't know. Obviously, I think all teams always say, oh, it's game by game trainings. But they've been talking about training session by training session, day mm. by day. And they seem to be yeah, living it. Yeah. They are. They're yeah. just improving, just working on what you've got to do. I think the moment, I, I remember earlier in the season when Man City lost to Brentford at home. And we were on the, our lot were on the way, on the bus, on the way to Wolves for the away game that afternoon. Mm. And they asked, uh, Brentford scored later on 1-2-1, one, one, and they asked Mikel Arteta, what was it like on the bus when they heard? This is only about 10 games in, I think. And Mikel Arteta said, well, you can imagine. You can imagine. And that was the moment when I thought, oh, my God, they think they can win it. They actually, because if they are reacting genuinely like, yes, our rivals have lost points, that means they think they are rivals, and that means they think they can win it. And I think that they've been thinking that for quite a few, I, I mean, not yeah. since right at the start of the season, but early on. No, I think around, I think like maybe before the December, I there, there was, Kevin and I had a conversation and there was, um, there was a couple of games and you just felt like they, exactly what you're saying, the belief just kicked in and you could, the looks on their faces, the energy being in the stadium, not being in the stadium, there was a different vibe to this team. And I think, one of the biggest things, and um, what we've talked about a lot on on our show, Ian, is the bouncing back from adversity. Amazing. The it, our Achilles heel for years, right? Like mm. you know, going one nil down, two nil down, and then being three nil down by halftime, and anymore. then you know this mentality, especially after missing out last season, that's the thing that's impressed me the most. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, they they lost to Man United, didn't they? And then they went on another run, and then this last run they had when they they lost to um, Everton. 
Everton. Well, you know, Everton. They lost away at Everton, and then they got two points stolen from us. I still can't get over it by Lee Mason against Brentford. <laughs> uh, well, that should have been a scrappy one 0 win. Move on, forget about that game. Never mention it again. And then we lost to Man City when we made some mistakes, and we went, "Okay, they are really, really good." But we've won six games on the bounce since then. Mm-hmm. I mean, and including you know Bournemouth. Villa away when we were 1-0 down and 2-1 down and we got a winner in the 93rd minute and how funny was that off Emmy's head I mean my <laughs> god there have been some brilliant moments this season but the resilience of the team in mm-hmm. games they don't let it get them down they just go okay we go again and and it's tremendously impressive from a team so young uh, I, I'm I, I've just, I'm I'm in awe of them at the moment actually I genuinely am I'm just look at them and go bloody hell you lot how are you doing this? And I think a lot of a lot of people feel the same way. Ian, how how impressed have you been with the fan base? Well, because I, I, we've got team pitch now. The atmosphere. Yeah. How impressed have you been with 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 the fans? Oh, well, listen. I, I mean, a couple of thousand of the older fans gave up their season tickets before the pandemic. The younger ones came in. The Ashburton Army have arrived. You know, people are engaged. I mean. I know what you said, Kev, the, we, the, the team have produced. And so we felt like, yeah, go on then. But you know what I think was a big moment this season when Saliba scored that own goal against, mm. was it Leicester or Fulham? I can't remember which one, one of those two. No, it was uh, Fulham was the Gabriel mistake. Gabriel, Leicester. Leicester was the own goal. Yeah. And the crowd, basically 60,000 people hugged him when it's all right. It's all right, William, don't worry about it. We love you and we love what you... Listen, he just scored one of the best goals I've ever seen at Bournemouth the week before, whatever. So we went, yeah, no, 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 don't worry about it. We think you're great. And 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 you could see him and the team lift. going, okay. Lift. Because they you, they lift, lift. So I think the fans have had a big part to play. I mean, listen, I think there's a lot of synergy going around at the Emirates at the moment. I think Mikel Arteta has tried to include... He's talked about the crowd a lot, hasn't he? He has mentioned the fan base and, and and what's going on. When you go to the... I mean, I haven't been to an away game this season, but watching the away games and the, the connection between the fans and the and mm-hmm. the players, there is something... Kev, listen, you've played in great teams. You've seen this sort of stuff, but I haven't seen much like this in football. I mean, I genuinely haven't. You know, I mean, there's some great pictures there, the 91 team and the... Eight, I mean, it's it was brilliant. But this... There's something magical going on. I genuinely believe that. I said I've said this on other podcasts, but this is the closest thing I've had to a religious experience. Right? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm not. Are you an atheist? Person. I'm not a religious person. I went to the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem when I was 18. Young Jewish kid didn't feel much at all. But Bukayo Saka smacked one in the bottom corner against Man United, and I thought, oh my God, maybe there is a God. Maybe. It's biblical. That's it's biblical. And I, yeah. and I, so I'm genuinely loving it. And I, I think the players are. I don't know. Do you see Bukayo on Match of the Day the other day? He's loving life. He's loving yeah. life at the moment. And by the way, he is, I mean, he could do anything, that kid. That absolutely, he's 21. He could win the Ballon d'Or. He's two. They're both, they're both, both 21. No, Ian, I said that on the... Have been amazing. Yeah. Said that on the show last... I asked Kev on the show last night, if we win the Premier League, can he win the Ballon d'Or? Well, Do you think I'm, that? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not sure it'll be this year, but I'm, what I'm saying is yeah. that kid can achieve anything he wants to achieve. And by the way, that's not just in his football career. I've, I mean, there's something about him that you just go, oh, how can you be like this at 21? How can you have this much confidence and belief and and and... The, the love that he gets, not just from us, but from other fans as well. Luke Shaw said he'd like him to be his son. Right? Yes. Well, he has to get in line, doesn't he? I, I, no, but that's a beautiful thing. And it he is. came through the academy. He's, he's ours. He's seven he's fully years grounded. old. He? He's fully, fully gra- grounded, yeah. I mean, what you know, there was a point when we were playing Newcastle and that was a tough game at home. And the Newcastle assistant chucked the ball away when he was coming to get a throw, right? And he just looked at him and smiled, that smile that he's got. Like, I'm not going to let you wind me up. And I, I, I'm so <laughs> impressed. I am so impressed. I mean, I'm impressed with all of them. But him, I mean, we spend a lot of time talking about him on the podcast, and rightly so. He's a superstar. He, he, do you know, um, we there's a lot of talk about, you know, Thomas Partey and Saliba and um, and Saka, of course. And then on the, on the flip side, you talk about when they do came in, you mentioned him earlier, and, 
you know, when he came in, the complacency, couldn't believe just how rubbish everything and everyone was and how everyone accepted mediocrity and could see exactly what needed to be done. Mikel comes in, the icing on the changing the culture cake, you know, Arsenal 2.0 being reborn before our eyes. Mikel and Mikel gets a lot of the credit and rightly so. Adu gets some. I think he deserves a little bit more. The players, Kev has been yelling at me for like two and a half years. Sophie's the players. Watch what happens when this manager gets his own players. Do you think Saka has had as much of an impact an impact on our new culture as as Mikel? Like Emery gave Saka his his debut, right? But Saka's morphed into a superstar over the last two and a half years. How much has he had to do with who we are today? Wow. I mean, uh, listen, I think Mikel Arteta is the main person here. Uh, I genuinely do. I think what he's done, the way that he's transformed the club. I mean, he has transformed the club. He's connected the fan base and the players. The owners are on side. It all, it all centers around him, is my feeling. I think that Saka even though he's 21, is one of the senior players in the sense that they will give him the ball and go, go on then, Magic Man, do your thing, right? It's a bit like Thierry when in the Invincibles team. Or, they, trust, uh, they trust him, don't they? They, tr yeah. they completely trust him. But but Mikel Arteta has, has done this. I mean, we've all played our part. I genuinely believe we've, and that means fan base, everyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But Mikel Arteta has done this. I mean, I mean <laughs> let's not forget, this is his first gig. This he's a, he's a rookie manager and he's doing something spectacular. I mean, obviously, not everyone gets the suck at the teat of uh, of uh, Pep Guardiola for three years, and and obviously he's learned a lot from him. But and he and he played for David Moyes and he played for Arsene Wenger. He's played for some great managers. But what he's done, transformed the club, connected everything. It, it's um, it's uh, it's astonishing. Props to him, really. Ian, when, when we talk about the journey, um, Ian, it took me a, it took it took me a while to get here. Go on, Kev, you jump in, jump in, jump in there, and I'll um I'll, I'll ask Ian this one after. No, I I just wanted to say I just wanted to I just wanted to add on to what Ian said. Mm -hmm. When he first came in, his first his first interview, he talked about connecting the fan base. He's sorting yeah. out the dressing room. He talked about all these things, didn't he? He yeah, talked yeah. about that. The fans have he a did. massive part to play, and look, look, unity. That was it's... that was the word he used. Unity, yes. yeah. right from the start. Amy Lawrence uh, went on the podcast. She did a little interview with him. He must have mentioned unity five or six times. I mean, it's a big thing with him, and and uh, and and yeah. that's what we've got. Unity, you know, I he's think, unified the whole club. I think he's brought the unity through discipline as well though right i mean we wow. had players who were just running amok doing kind of negotiables non-negotiables non yeah, and i was yeah. the non-negotiables um which yeah, he's done that. look the, the the most important one of all was you talked about ronaldo ian at the top of the show but removing abamyang from the situation that was ballsy to, yeah i agree i agree you know and but he worked. had the backing he had the backing didn't he yes. you know that you know one of the things about what happened with the pandemic and then with the protests i was i went to the protests right outside the emirates in whenever it was 2021 it was absolutely brilliant to be back as part of a group a part one of the fans and go oh yeah look at all of us because the first time we'd ever re we've really been out for a year and i think i think josh and stan Kroenke, they got the message they got the message that this club is this this is it more than just a business and i think josh certainly became a supporter at that mm -hmm. point and I think because he's a supporter, he's basically gone, go on, Mikel, go on there, do, do your thing. And and they seem to have um, made a lot of very good decisions. We haven't had a bad buy in a couple of years, have we? Um, it's all, everything seems to be going in the right direction, really. It does. And, I, and, I, and I, um, I'm very grateful for it, I must admit. And it's especially fun when you look at what's happening on the other side of North London uh, and... <laughs> <laughs> you don't even have to say anything else. I love it the way Arsenal fans just like. Oh, yeah. it's hilarious! It's endlessly entertaining. I've got to be honest with you. And as much as I love my team, I get almost as much enjoyment watching them be terrible. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, what can you say? It's a joy. It's a genuine joy. I spent an hour listening to the radio with all their fans phoning, <laughs> saying, "Well, I agree with what he said, but he shouldn't have said it." Yeah. Oh well, then. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh. It's absolutely brilliant. <laughs> 
Hey, Ian, that makes no sense. I agree with what he said, but he shouldn't have said it. I know. <laughs> I know. It's, it's exactly what they should have said, actually. But uh, it won't change anything. But that obviously is adding to the joy. Of course it is. And the way we beat them at their place this season, I mean, that was one of the highlights. Really to go close. there, to outplay them in the first half, and then to hold them at arm's length in the second half. There was something... Um, there was something very grown up special, about that performance. I, I heard on the radio, Kevin, Ian, yesterday, Tottenham fan called in. I don't, it was probably talk sport. And he said, you know, they, that lot, they've beaten us 5-1 on aggregate this season. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We killed them. And they were just having a total meltdown. Um, anyway, enough about them. Let's talk more about us. Uh, curiously, how long did it take you to get to this loving with Mikel and the team Were oh you... well well i was i was I, I wasn't a fan a year and a half ago i mean i wasn't i'll be honest with you um i mean I, definitely I, weren't I, a fan start of last season me too. no no i wasn't i wasn't and and but then you know what we've all had to sort of come to it haven't we i don't think there's really that many people who've been yeah michael Arteta's the guy all the way through that one um, unfortunately. really were you kev yeah you know what yeah. fair play what was it about him then did you just because i remember i watched bukayo on match of the day the other day and they were talking about how the team had progressed this season and he said oh no we feel like we progressed for the last three or four years and did you see that yeah. early on yeah, uh, look, when when the manager came in and, and he started talking about the unity and the non-negotiables and what he had to do, because at the end of the day, Ian, just remember, we're the Arsenal and we're having to pay players to leave. Yeah. We we didn't have it, we didn't have any assets. He had to rip that dressing room up. There was a lot of work to be done, and maybe, maybe some fans don't understand how that works it's very hard for the dressing room when big players are getting taken out and it takes a bit of time to replace them yeah and i remember me and sophie doing a, a podcast at the start of this season and we were even talking about would Mikel survive before christmas yeah because yeah. you know if he has a bad start and the fans are kind of it's his team now. All the pressure's on. Exactly. Wow. What, well, what a season. Well, look what happened. I mean, we went to Palace, right? And and they scheduled it for the Friday, didn't they? Because they thought we'll have another Brentford. That's, maybe that's Jamie. Right. Maybe Jamie Carragher can go and celebrate with the Palace fans this time instead of <laughs> Brentford fans. And we beat them. And we and that first half an hour, forty minutes, you went, what? Mm. What have yes. we got? What have we got? And it's, and no, I've been. No, obviously I'm I'm fully on board now, and I feel like I have been for quite some time. And I've and I've also thought this team could be something really special for quite some time. Yeah. Um, but you know what? I'm not going to say that I didn't have any doubts. Of course I did. I I, I noticed a few people are saying no, 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 from the first press conference, Look, from the we... moment he walked in. <laughs> so oh yeah. Reading well, the chat. Well done, you lot. Well done, you lot. I I, I wasn't like that. But I'm really on board now. Ian, don't believe him. I'm telling you. <laughs> Listen, I can yeah. vouch for a few of our listeners that had his back from day one. Super Kev definitely did. We had some Good. major rows, actually. And as I'm sure that you did maybe on your on your podcast on Handbrake Off on The Athletic with the gang, because, I mean... It was hard. It, it was, was hard. hard. Losing all those games. We're essentially doing the same podcast every week. With mind big you, we're doing zeros. That, mind you, we're doing that now, to be honest <laughs> with you. But, it, but, but it's, it's nice. With a smile. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which player should we choose this week? Which player should we? Oh, he was good, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, him as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's you could go through the whole team, could you really? And just and go. What? I mean, Jacka, the Jacka story. What the hell's happened there? I mean, so Kev. So this is where I get to a little bit. Take a little. Um, take a little. Uh, you know, uh, pin to Kev because Kev wanted Jacka gone. Many of yeah. us did. I defended yeah. him for a long time, but then honestly, I felt stupid for defending him once the city sending off happened. You know, it felt like that was the straw that broke the camel's back. And, oh, Burnley. And then... Burnley did it for me. I was at the Burnley game. There's 2,000 of us in the stadium, yeah, and Ashley Barnes celebrated in front of me. It was disgusting. the most horrible. I thought, what am I doing here? I don't want to be here. And Granite got sent off, and you went, mate, what are you doing? Stupid stuff. And then suddenly he's Roma didn't want him, right? That's what happened. 
it, yeah, flirted Mourinho, with Mourinho. He, he was did. talking about the city and all sorts. And then, and then suddenly he's staying, and we've given him a four-year contract, and everyone's going, "What? What's going on?" And it's turned out <laughs> he's, he is. I mean, I know Erdogan's captain, but he's also one of the on-pitch captains now, isn't he? And we all accept that. Nobody even questions it for a second. Because he's he's suddenly just become an adult or something. His form, his form. <laughs> Ian, let's be honest, his form has been absolutely remarkable. It's right the way through the season. Right his the way. He's incredible. He goals. I mean, I used to say he does he scores one or maximum two goals a season. I know. You know, we don't give up look now. I mean there's still a, there's still fans that want him there's still fans that want him gone, gone. still on, want mate. him gone no no I mean, but listen i think he's i think he's been great this year but but uh, it must be I mean, God, it must be fun to play in this team. I reckon I'd look half decent playing in this well, team. Well, here's I'd... the thing, too. One of the things that you, you're bringing this up a lot. That's a joke, Kev, by the way. I, I, I know. That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As, as, as an, as an, um, from, from an experience point of view, you know, you're talking about the fun, the journey, the ride, the team. They look happy. Yeah, they are happy. How, yeah. how many times have we washed ourselves in the past where you just think, oh, this is going to get rough and it's going to get rough quick. No one cares. The apathy was insane. I mean, it was like a cancer. It was just spreading around not only the dressing room, the pitch, but the fan base. Fan we were divided. Well. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. And I think that's why some of us aren't allowing ourselves that permission just yet, Ian. Well, it's too early. It's too yeah. early. I mean, I, I mean, of course, I want to get the joy, and I'll get the joy from the individual games. If we keep winning, we keep winning. I, I, I still don't know if we're going to win the title. I mean, I, I, oh God, I hope so, and it would just be such a brilliant story. But Man City, Man City are, you know, this financial behemoth. I think is the word. I mean, they just got so much money. And uh, they've got a very, very good team and an excellent manager. They're going to take some stopping as well. And a bloke who can score 400 goals a season. It's not easy. So what we're doing is spectacular. But um, listen, I don't think, I think, I I don't think that we will crumble, right? That's my, I don't think what happened last season will happen this season. But you know what, whether we've got enough, I don't know. I really don't know. If we're still top after Man City, I think we'll win it. Do you, that's what get... I think. I think if we get a point at Liverpool and a point at City, we we win still, the title. Still got, got to go to Newcastle. Still got to go. To I Newcastle. think we're gonna. You know what? Okay, so you were talking about receipts, right? Yeah. Crystal Palace three oh, yeah, nil yeah, start yeah, of the yeah. season when their run yeah. was ready. Yeah. We're taking. We are giving refunds on a lot of receipts this season. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I know what you're saying. N Newcastle, they they major payback. Because well, they trolled us after as well, Ian. They and yeah. and Bruno Gmarej, you know, went all large on us as well. They're going to get payback. I think we're going to spank them up there. Well, you know what? One at a time. Let's beat Leeds. Let's sure get. Fine. You know what? Actually, you know way. what? Let's get them all. <laughs> let's get them all back from the international break, un, uninjured and in and in good form. And then let's beat Leeds. And then we'll worry about Liverpool and all the rest of it. It is really one game at a time, and that. Because I can't be thinking about what might happen if we actually do it. I mean, that'll be like a lost week for me. I mean, start of June. Who is it? Who, the streets aren't ready. Someone said yesterday. Oh yeah. Um, the streets oh, yeah. aren't ready. I think it was, <laughs> was Potsy that said that. Here's, yeah. uh, let's get some questions in for you as well from our listeners because they're super engaged in the con conversation for you and Super Care. This is a, I like this question a lot. A uh, question for the panel: Would you classify Xhaka as a legend? After we lift the Premier League trophy. Okay, steady on the after. Um, what do you think? Kev? They're all legends. We yeah, win, we, we win. they're all legends. They've, yeah. they've made their mark in the history of Arsenal Football Club. So they're all yeah. legends. Exactly that. I mean, I can't, I can't agree. I couldn't agree more. I mean, Jack is a really, it's a really good story. You know, it's a really, I mean, in my head, I, in my head, I have him lifting the Champions League and we all basically go, sorry, Granny. And he goes, no, 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 I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We got off on the wrong foot and, and I feel terrible. And we go, we feel terrible, Granny. We didn't realise you were one of the best box-to-box -box midfielders in the country. So it's, it's all that, really. But yeah, I agree with Kev. They'll all be legends, all of them. So um, when we talk about, I mean, we've got, you know, so many legends, so many memories. These are the moments. This is what we want to relive again. I, I wanted the European, but whatever. I mean, we've got Georgie here with Sir Alex and the, the, the Cup Winners' Cup. I think for this lot, 
Ian, what I've been saying to Super Kev, for the new generation of fans, this will be their 89 or their Invincibles. Fair or I'm being melodramatic? No, not at all. It's been how long since we won the title? Eight, six, twenty years? 19, whatever it is. Yeah, yeah, it's too long. It's too long. And and we have got a team to be proud of here. We've got a group of players to be, not just a team, a squad of players to be proud of. And it's what's interesting to me is how, how easily people are integrated into it. Jorginho turned up. Trossard turned up. They look like they've been playing there for years, both of them. And that that is a testament to the strength of the, the feeling within the squad. People come in and go, oh, my God, I want this. I want this. The top players in Europe are talking about us. They're talking about us and how good we are. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see them in the Champions League next year, taking on Real Madrid and taking on proper teams. I don't want to be playing in the Europa League anymore. I, I Hopefully, we've said goodbye to that for a while. But, yeah. I, I think there's more to come. That's the other thing. I mean, did you see mm. Martin Kearney the other day talking to Bakaya Saki? He looked like a little girl. He was so excited, right? I wouldn't say it. I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> he did. He looked the, so excited because that's the feeling they've they've given us this well, year. Well, sometimes I haven't had Ian, this feeling in a long, long time. It's a been too. It's been and, way too long. Well, and, and it's I been was way saying too long. the team that you played in, Kev. That team gave me that feeling, right? Because it was a load of young kids, all from the same area, all playing for the shirt with the Invincibles. Yeah. The Invincibles are amazing, but I've said this before. It was a bit like going to see Cirque du Soleil. You know what I mean, right? They're amazing. You go, and we used to turn up every day and go, how many are we going to win by today? The Harlem you know? Globetrotters. It was a bit yeah. like that, really. Yeah. Whereas whereas the team that Kev played for, the team in the uh, – George's team. Homegrown. That, homegrown. Homegrown yeah. talent. And we all felt like we had to get behind them. And, and you know, that felt, that felt a bit like this to me. Um, yeah. So – uh, and I, we, I ask this Kev all the time because I, I want every single time he answers it, he answers it in a different way, which just gives me more layers on, you know, what he's thinking of Mikel. Mikel to me seems more like George than Arson. I don't know what Amy says or what you guys see like behind the scenes. Kev feels that way too when he's been around him covering the games. Do do you guys feel that? I mean, maybe Arsene on the modern day, they're impactors, not substitutes, changing yeah, yeah. the game in that way. I mean, he's, he's the, the discipline side is more George, isn't it? I mean, you've mm. got to say it's more George Graham. Um, I mean, he's almost like a distillation of George Graham and Arsene Wenger. You know, early Arsene Wenger, it seemed to me, he didn't have to do a huge amount. I'm not belittling what he did. It was incredible. But essentially, he had the best defence in the country and he just put a bit of, you know, flair from France in there and we went and and Dennis playing Mm -hmm. and whoosh, off we went. And they were almost, that team used to look at each other and go, you ready? And they go, yeah, you're ready. And you must look around the dressing room and go, Patrick Vieira's over there. I can't let him down or whatever. Robert Perez, he's brilliant. But... This is different. This is different. And I think Mikel has just, he's got the mix right, isn't he? It's all about chemistry, right, Kev? It's all about chemistry. Yep. And the chemistry right now, whatever ingredients he's putting in, it seems to be working. And anything that doesn't, that messes it up, like Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang or Mesut Ozil or any of the others, he goes, no, that's go. not working. Got to go. Yeah, that's got to go. It's, it's tremendously impressive from someone who's never had a manager's oh, job yeah. before. Someone else mentioned Walter Smith as well, who... Um... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Kev loves as well. Okay, so yeah, um, everyone wants to know your view. I asked this question to Kev yesterday. Is Martinelli playing better with Trossard than he was even with Jesus? They want to know your view on Trossard. We love him. We've loved him from day one. We loved him when he was at Brighton. I liked him at Brighton. I think, I, listen, there's a few Brighton players. I like the way they play. They're a good team. And, I, and I'm very happy to cherry pick their best players. Trossard, I, I, I don't think anyone, I remember when we were going for Mudrick, and everyone was like, oh, and uh, this guy looks amazing. And I'd seen the highlights and I thought, I'd love to see him in an Arsenal shirt. And it didn't work out for various reasons, some of them geopolitical, I think. But anyway, we ended up with uh, with Leandro Trossard, plan B, as he was meant to be. And my God, I mean, three assists against Fulham, another one the other day. Uh, I know that Gabriel Martinelli felt a bit left out on his own when Eddie Nketiah was playing through the middle because mm-hmm. he doesn't drift out to the left. He prefers it when the centre-forward does that, or the whatever, deep line, number nine, whatever you want to call him. But Trossard has been 
he's fitted right in. But Mikel Arteta, he talks about game intelligence. He talks about uh, intelligence of players. He's an intelligent player. He, he's an intelligent player. He really is. And and I, you know, I think a lot of Brighton's players are like that. But he is definitely one of them. He's slotted right in, isn't he? It's it's really almost a perfect January signing, actually. Yeah. And uh, yeah, delighted with how he's playing, of course. Um, and cool. cheap, Ian. And cheap. <laughs> They're all cheap. That they helps. Like cheap. That helps. You know what? That's great. And but you know what? The truth is, if Mudrik had came in and was playing like this, we wouldn't. We got what ninety-seven million quid was a bargain. Doesn't matter, does it really? <laughs> but the fact, what was he? Twenty-eight, twenty-eight million or twenty-five million or something? Uh, Around yeah. twenty-seven-ish. Yeah. And Incredible. Then you look at Jesus Zinchenko. I mean, even Ben White looks like a bargain now. Ramsdale bargain. Mm. You know, I mean, we've got market value big time. We were, Kevin and I were trying to do some maths the other day. I mean, when you look at, we was just saying we're giving, giving players away for free. Now, how much is our squad worth? Gabriel Magalhães doesn't get a lot of uh, uh, praise. But we love him. My God. what and I love him. Well, I mean, I love him for his leadership. I love him. Mm -hmm. Do you see the game in the Fulham game? In the first minute, Pereira clattered him. Clattered him. And he went, and the look on his face, like, oh, right, mate, you'll pay for that. Really? And he scores yeah. from the corner yeah. about 15 really? minutes later. And it was so... Ian, really? <laughs> you know, really? It was. Right. It made me laugh. And it and and that centre-half pairing, but I know Saliba gets a lot of praise, and my God, what a player at 21 or whatever he is, or 20. But but Gabriel Magalhães in that, he has been so solid, so solid for us. And... and uh, yeah, I can't praise him highly enough. He's another one that bounced uh, back Ian, from also, adversity as well. Yeah. I mean, well, that's what un- I was unreal. just going to say, Solf. He had his wobble earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. did he? he? He had his wobble. But when we really needed him, because he's the aggressor and Saliba's the cleanup merchant. Yeah. We, we need him to be on it every game because yeah. he's the aggressor. And yeah. boy, is he playing out of his skin at the moment. He's but that's the fan base as well, class. isn't it? That's the fan base as well. I mean, I mean, you, he, he, he realizes how much he's loved, right? He made yeah. that mistake against Fulham. They didn't get on his back. We haven't it's got good. on their back at all, have we? And no. and that stuff is so important, I think. And I know the team are feeling it as well. And it, and it, you know, Kev, as a fan, when you're, you, you like to hear once in a while from the team that you've done, that you've played a part. I remember you when we went. Part. We went when yeah. we a few years ago. We went to Man United and won in the FA Cup in the quarterfinal. Right, Danny Welbeck yeah. scored the winner. The winner, yeah. and we had nine thousand of us who somehow got up there and back on a Monday night. And uh, I actually got a lift for me and right after the match of the day, which was really nice. <laughs> but, Very nice. But it was nice. No, but easy, mate. So, uh, but I, but all the players for the next week or two were talking about the fans and saying how yeah. much the fans meant to them that night. And you think. That's that's what we want. That is what we want. And that acknowledgement now after the away games when they go over and they're all you know communing together. And and the home games now where Martin Erdegaard walks around the pitch and, and it's it's really Claps something. Everybody. So I, I think I think uh, it, it's working both ways, really. And you um, know, Ian, one of my favorite games I went to this season was a game we lost, and that was I mean, the drive home was a bit brutal, I'm not gonna lie. But it was the old Trafford away game. Because yeah. that was when the penny dropped for me. Because, um, you know, traveling back and forth, I don't go to every away game or every home game. And that to me was like, wow, I've never experienced an away day where we're getting beaten 3 1 at Old Trafford and we're the loudest fans. And we were, be- we were a better team, I think, for a lot of that game. We just got a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, uh, you know, no, we made a noise. Ian, we got robbed. Tell it yeah. how it is. We got well, robbed. Yeah, it wasn't a foul. On robbed, it wasn't mate. a foul, was it? But you no, know, it listen, you know what? There are going to be refereeing decisions, but I like the way that we took it to them. That was that was not a that was not a bad defeat, really. Uh, and it and... was a glorious defeat because I also think that it was humbling for this team. They learned quickly, very early on in the season, and Arteta adjusted, didn't he? There was, he did and he didn't in a way, but the lost, I just think, was the best thing that happened to us this season. What do you, what do you think then, Kev? Do you think, I mean, I mean, I think this team have learned a lot from their defeats, losing to Newcastle and Tottenham last year and what happened in the end of last season, losing to Man United, 
losing to City as well and what happened against yeah. City at home. Is it is it less of a loss and more of a lesson, as they Should say? Should have won that game Always, as well. always. And all we need to do is look at it. Where we had a wobble, after we lost to City, you think to yourself, have they got the have they got the the heart for it six now? Six games, six games we've won on the trot. Bang, 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 no, bang, bang. So they've impressive. been re relentless. So they've obviously learned from last season. But th the one the Man City game last season when we lost on New Year's Day two one and we gave everything and Rodri got a goal in the last minute and last second of the last game. second fourth fourth minute of injury time. But we all just went. We all clapped him off after we went, lads. That's what we want. That's all we want to see. That effort. And then you'll be fine. Okay. And they've, and don't they've forget taken that Gabriel forward. got sent off for fouling well. Jesus. Now yeah, Jesus yeah. is on our side. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And no, we didn't have Mikel there that day, did we? We had Airport uh, Albert on the on the sideline. Is that right? I didn't remember yeah. that. I, yeah. I listen. I, we I mean, COVID, we have. Didn't we? Yep. That's right. We've we've. I, I do think this team learns very very quickly. They they yep. they take lessons on balls quickly. Um, Listen, it's a really, really excellent bunch, and uh, I hope they achieve everything they want to achieve. I genuinely yeah. right. Let's get a few more questions in. Some uh, someone's for you here. Okay, let's see, Wesley, uh, for you and Kev. What is the biggest, most impactful decision for the upcoming summer? Um, oh, and I'll add this caveat. Yesterday, I uh, um, we were talking about this thing, this notion that's come over me in this for the first time. We might lose players we actually want to keep. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I talked about this with a mate coming out on on Sunday. Anyone who goes now, we go. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't mind. Oh, like if Kieran Tierney left or something because he wants more first team football. Um, Declan Rice. If we can get Declan Rice in, uh, and I think in the end he might be a long term replacement for Granite. But you know. It, it, you, they could obviously play together as well. But Declan Rice, I, I love watching him play for West Ham. He brought the ball down in front of us once playing for West Ham and he had about five Arsenal players around him and he wriggled out. And we all just looked at each other and went, oh, he's top class. That boy, he's we really, like really good. We like yeah. him. Yeah. So Declan Rice, um, after that... Kev says know. he'll take Declan Rice over Bellingham all day long. Would you? Oh, my God. I, I mean, yeah, if, if... I would. I mean, really... I mean, I I think Jude Bellingham is an unbelievable. He's an unbelievable footballer. And I'm not saying, Ian. This here's the point. I'm not saying Bellingham's not a top class player, but getting a player who could sit at the base of your midfield, dictate play, and do all the ugly stuff. Yeah, we've seen it for years. They're so hard to find. Yeah. Before party, we were all over the place. No, I agree. And when we haven't got him, we 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 look we uh, less of a team as well. I know. Well, yeah. Rodri Rodri does that for Man City, and he's a beast. And I think Declan he's Rice so can do good. a similar. I think Declan Rice can do a similar job for us. I think you put Declan Rice in that team. Maybe I'd like to see Balogun have another run. Actually, I mean, I mean, listen, we've got three forwards now, but I like Balogun coming back on loan. And sick, he's getting a lot of goals in Liga. You know, he was top goal scorer in Liga. They've got some decent forwards over there, right? I mean, Messi, Neymar, and uh, and Mbappe play over there, and he was top goal scorer for a while. That kid has got a future, I think. So I'd like to see him. Um, we'll have a look at him. We'll have a look more. We'll have a, we'll see. Are we'll you at the level? Are you at the level? We'll see. Yes. Um, we'll I don't know. I I don't think we're far off. Declan Rice is my choice. Okay, cool. Um, this one interesting. Are you? Kev says this all the time about there's a couple of teams, Liverpool as well, right? Has Partey played in a Liverpool at Anfield? Has he played or was he I injured? I, I anyway, don't, I don't know. Thomas Partey no, for think, you. I think he was injured. I think he yeah. was. Yeah. Uh, and, and he missed City as well. Yeah, everyone's fascinated. Are you fascinated to see what happens to an Arsenal team with him? In the side against E. I mean, we start going through the team, right? I mean, I mean, and you go, well, who can we not afford to have injured? Who can we, who can we not afford to miss it? And I, to be honest, I'd have said that about Jesus, but we seem to have coped fine without him. But Thomas Partey, there's no one else in that team who can quite do what he does. I think he has a level of control and he moves us about ten yards further up the pitch. That's how I see it. Um, I think, I, I think 
we need him to stay fit for the next 10 games. We also need Ben White to stay fit for the next 10 games because we've got no cover at right back. But I want them all to stay fit for the next 10 games. Um, yeah, Odegaard as well is another one. <laughs> I mean, There's listen, loads. I could we could go on for two hours talking about everybody. It's like, uh, it's insane. You know, when someone goes into the armory or buys a shirt online, wherever, they're, they're torn as to which player's name you get on the back they of are. your shirt. It's just they a, could have anyone. I could have anyone. It's, just it, such it's a it's, wonderful situation to be in. It is. Know? It is. It, I feel like I'm in a, some sort of dreamlike state. To be honest with you, at no, the moment, I'm sort of. I know, and and I know it could get better as well. <laughs> but I, I just, um, I just want to show them the love every time. Uh, you know, I want to see them. I want to. I want to be at games as much as I possibly can. I want to watch them as much as I possibly can, and I feel as connected as I've ever done to this yeah. club. And yeah, that yeah. is quite something, isn't it? I miss really? I miss them when then I, I came on and I'm like, I miss them already. Where where are they? What is this break. stupid international break? Don't, don't need or, one. Although don't Kev did bring one. up no, a really good point. I, I, I think it's come at the right time for us, Ian. We need to clean Salibra up to get him fit and ready for the yes. for the last 10. Yes. So I think that's I know true. we look at we we got to keep momentum going, but unlike last season, whenever we've had an international break this this season. We've been okay out of it. Yeah. But, you know, that, that Saliba injury, I'd just rather he was there. I know how he's done a good job. Fantastic. Yeah. But I'd just rather he was there. Yeah. I know. Totally I, I completely I completely agree with you. I, I, I want to see William Saliba back and fit and ready to face those big games. I genuinely do. Um, and we know, what the, we know what the first team is. Uh, and by the way, Zinchenko, we haven't actually talked about him. I mean, no, I mean, we haven't. go he on, might... just go, go on. You, you and Kev, just go, roll. Uh, I mean, Kev, have you ever seen a player like him before? I've never seen anyone who can play football quite like him. I mean, <laughs> well, well, let's put let's put it this way, Ian. Let let me just say this: I have never, in my time in football, yeah. seen a left back pop up on the right-hand side and play through or through with the right winger, go through and score like Zinchenko did against Everton. I mean, yeah. he just goes where he can impact the game. And yeah. Mikel Arteta trusts him. You could see that the team trusts him to get the job done. And I love watching you know him what? with the ball. We've seen, we've seen, we've seen Xhaka improve when he's there. We've seen Martinelli improve when he's there. We've seen Jesus have a good game when he's there. We've seen Partey dovetail perfectly with him in that centre of midfield. What what a player. What a player. What a player. A, a well, he does play... He does play central midfield for Ukraine. He's the captain of Ukraine. He plays central oh, midfield. And yeah. I watched him play for, for Man back. City. He's now our fullback. <laughs> I watched him and this is the level. I mean, remember, you know, Ben White can play in midfield as well, probably. He's our other fullback, you know. I mean, these guys are multi-talented and that was one of the things, wasn't it? Uh, Mikel Arteta wants adaptability. These yes. guys seem to be able to play all over the pitch. I mean, I don't want to start talking about he the likes hybrids. Team. I don't want to talk about the Ajax team of the 70s. That was the first great team I ever saw. I was at Ibury in 1972 or three when Ajax came in the European Cup quarterfinal. And Johan Cruyff brought the ball down in the penalty area and 60,000 people went, whoa, whoa, look at that. We'd never seen anyone that good. Now we're seeing players of that sort of standard play for our team. The fullback could play in central midfield. You know, it's it's utterly ridiculous. And... Uh, Long may it continue. <laughs> do you do you think that the good side of it and the flip side of it, and I any excuse for me to show this, but do you think Zinchenko killed Kieran Tierney's Arsenal career, or does Kieran Tierney just no longer fit? Thank you, Gunner Balls, by the way, for this, Jim. Yeah. Um, does does Arteta just not like the way Tierney fits into what he wants to do now? He has you his complete what? team. I love watching Kieran come on the other day. I know he's been slightly, he feels a little bit put out. I've had Celtic mates of mine say the sooner he gets away and goes to get a first team place somewhere else. And I understand that completely. And if that's what he wants to do, you know what? We loved him. I thought he was going to be a future Arsenal captain. But when you see the way Zinchenko plays left back, you, I just go, well, that's what I want. I, if Kieran Tierney could do that, I'd have him do that as well. But mm. I'm not sure there's many players in the world who can do what Zinchenko do does. And 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 it just as some Zinny brings that different dimension to the game. David just said this on here on the messages, and he does. Mm -hmm. There's no one who does what he does. So yeah, I feel sad for Kieran Tierney. I genuinely do. 
But I was so pleased for him at the weekend when he came on and, and, and got the assist for, for Bukayo's goal. And it was a nice moment, you know. He still loved it. Ian. He still loved mm -hmm. Ian, Kieran Tierney's loved no matter what. So if yeah. he chooses to go to get first-team football or he decides to stay, we love him anyway. But have, have you noticed Manchester City are not the same team without Zinchenko? And oh. they've even tried playing Bernardo Silva left-back. Yeah. To try and get that midfielder, that left back into midfield. So have they, have realized, they played that young oh, right? Is it Lewis? They played Lewis Nico as an Lewis. inverted. Yeah, they've, they've, yeah, they've tried. They, they're trying anything to try and get that productivity mm. from the left hand side. I can't believe I can't believe that they let him go. I genuinely can't believe they let him go. I remember watching Man City last year in the semi-final of the Champions League against Real Madrid. Cancelo wasn't fit, so Zinchenko played, and I thought. Once in a while, if I'm not watching with my glasses, I think it's De Bruyne. I think, is that De Bruyne? <laughs> oh, no, no, that's Zinchenko. That's the fullback yeah. there. I mean, he's an unbelievable, and he was one he's of incredible. the best players on the pitch. And I thought, you know, to have him in the team, aside from, you know, driving past the fans and, and cheering and roaring to them as he goes it's past the gold. Tollington on a Sunday. Tully, yeah. he's, he, I mean, he's inspired the, uh, he's inspired the dressing room. And, and, and uh, yeah, it deserves all the plaudits, but they all do, don't they? You, you know, there's um, one of the Man City YouTubers, um, what he said about Zinchenko, and we've seen it this season, got Guardiola lost when he was playing a coach on the pitch. Yeah. And that's yeah. exactly what he is to Mikel Arteta. He's, you know, this is the other thing about this Arsenal team. We've been, how many, how many years will we be like, God, when's there, when are we going to get a proper captain? Who's going to be our captain? Well, now you've got captains without the armband. And that has been a long, long time since this Arsenal team um, has seen has seen that as well. So Leaders all over the pitch, Kev. Leaders all yeah. over the pitch. The two centre-halves, exactly. Ben White. Ben White, the way that he plays, I'm loving his relationship with uh, with Bukayo. Exactly. By the way, I just love how smooth the two of them look together. It's it's fantastic. But yeah, that leadership thing, you know, Granite, the way that we were talking on the um, on the handbrake the other day about Granite when when Martinelli went off, he gave him a hey, kiss on the ben head. White. Look, look at, at Ben, ben White, White in man. this picture. It's gold. <laughs> look at that. I mean, it's absolutely. Was that after his through ball? Yes. Was that after his yeah. through ball? Oh yeah. my god, that was such a great bit of play by uh, by Bukayo. How smooth he was just to stroke and ben, down the corner. And Ben and to ben, win yeah. the first one from yes, Zaha. he won it. Exactly, he won yeah. it. Yeah, listen, that he's been absolutely fantastic. But they all have. They all have. Like I say, it's just part of the fun of this is it's going amazing. through the team. And I love that, like, you know, Jorginho came in, ended up getting the winning goal. All right, it was an own goal, but it wasn't. It was his shot, you know what I mean, against Villa. And then Trossard gets a hat-trick of assists against Fulham. And they all feel part of it straight away. And it's, um, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm blown away by it. I am. I've been blown away by it for quite a few weeks this year, but this is really something Ian's special. got me all psyched again, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a little, like I say, like I, say I, I mean, who knows what will happen, but my God, they don't seem to be feeling the pressure, do they? The, the way that they've won their last two games. I mean, Kev, they're in a title race. Last but you six. Bloody, the last, last no, but six. I'm saying, yeah, but the last two, they went away, tricky game at Fulham. I know, yeah. I know that Paulina wasn't in the team, and oh yeah, they've lost there. But you oh, know what, well, Ian? They come on, blew them, Ian, they blew them away. Yeah, come but you see, you know what I'm saying? They blew them away, and then Palace at home last year. We only got a two-all draw in the last minute. Lacquer yeah. scored. This year yeah. we blew them away again. Ian, I got a question for you. Yeah, what do you do? When Reese Nelson hit that left foot shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if you know that I couldn't make that game. I had a gig. So what happened was I'm listening to it right. on the radio and 10 minutes to go, we're too old. And I thought, I have to pull over here. So I pulled over and I sat in the car because I thought if we scored a winning goal here, I'll crash the car. I will crash the car. <laughs> and I don't want to do that. I hurt myself or someone else. So I stopped and I, and I waited. And when the goal went in, it was so... The noise on the radio was so insane. I couldn't work yeah. out what happened for a second. And then, and I ran it, I jumped out of the car, ran around the car. People must have thought I'd lost my mind. <laughs> Love it. But, uh, but uh, what did I do? I was like everyone else. I absolutely lost my mind. I mean, it was just, uh, yeah. I mean, and for him as well, again, when you see the boys, the academy boys, when you see Eddie getting two against May and I, Making when you a see difference. Reese, 
when you see Reese coming on and scoring the winning goal against Bournemouth, I want to see Emil Smith-Rowe come back and do the business at some yeah. point this year. They all deserve to have a piece of this. And it and it's, um, yeah, to see the academy boys do well is really a joy for us. It's just wonderful that they're part of the journey and they're having not only, you know, they're not only part of the journey, but they're having such an impact. Like they yeah. have, and, and every single player, you're right, it's hard to pick. I tell you, it's going to be tough for someone to pick a player of the year Bukayo's been the undoubted winner Bukayo, for the last Bukayo, two seasons. Bukayo's going to be player. Is Bukayo he... should be player of every year. If he just keeps <laughs> doing what, I mean, I genuinely, I'd give him everything now. Go on, mate. You're just too good. I mean, what did my son say to me? I got, he just, he said, Bukayo Saka is a ridiculous football. What, what was the word he used? Uh, he said, you know, he's um, a generational player. He's also the type of player that crosses over into pop culture, into other groups, into other leagues, into and then into everything. I mean, he's just a superstar in the making. I, my I think son he's, said, My son said, Saka is a joke of a footballer, <laughs> and he is really Kevin. Yeah. I mean, also, by the way, and I've talked about this on Handbrake, what Saka means to the black community as well. I mean, what oh, sort big of time. What what uh, what the pride that there must be in a guy like Bukayo, especially and, and... Arsenal, especially with yeah. Arsenal as well. Yeah, because yeah. obviously because of the past, Arsenal have that big connection to the black community, and yeah. seeing seeing the homegrown lad come through, yeah. and he's been Player of the Year for the last two years. He's been England Player of the Year. He missed a penalty. He suffered, but he's come back even stronger. That's yeah. why. We've got to win this league. Yeah, we have yeah. to win this league. Well, you he's know, doing all the all stories. The all the stories are just incredible. Saliba's story, Ben White's story, Ramsdale's story. Look at all the stories around the team. It's it's incredible. It's great, isn't it? Absolutely love it. It's brilliant, <laughs> brilliant stuff. Um, we could talk forever. Ian, do you promise to come back at the end of the season? So then hopefully we could have the conversation that we really want to have. Once I've sobered up, I'll be very happy. <laughs> That'll probably be no. around sort of mid-June or something like no, that. No, we don't want you. We, we want, want you, that. We want you. We want you a little tipsy. Yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, no, of course. Of course. Listen, I love talking about the Arsenal. It's it's really, they're giving me so much joy this year, giving everyone so much joy this year. And so it's uh, it's fine. I'm happy. Well, we always about. ask everyone to make a, a bit of a closing statement before they leave the show. What? What do you want to leave with the squaddies tonight, Ian? What do you want them to know? <laughs> what do you want to share with us? Oh, my God. I mean, I mean, I think everyone just just keep doing what you're doing. Squaddies, keep doing what you're doing. Fans, football, the team, just keep doing what you're doing. I've never known anything like this, and I think we just have to nobody, – nobody should rock the boat in any way. Whatever your routine is, keep wearing your lucky shirts and your lucky socks and your lucky – just do what you're doing. And it'll all be gorgeous in the end. <laughs> it'll all be gorgeous in the end. Super Kev. Let's hope it'll all be gorgeous oh, yeah. in the I end. Kev, do I you have that. anything else for Ian before you close the show for us this evening? And Ian lets us know where everyone can find his great stuff. Hold on, Kev. Sorry. Remiss of me. How rude. Oh, yeah. By the way, you guys, and uh, all the music lovers just don't happen to be in the chat tonight. Tossers. So listen, you got to go buy Ian's book. So if you're listening on replay, Matty K and Newman and uh, and Greek Commander, you will love this book. If you're a fan of Paul Weller, The Jam, um, To Be Someone, it's a brilliant book. Uh, go buy it, please. Support your fellow Gooner. Just top shelf stuff. And if you haven't subscribed to Handbrake Off on The Athletic, it's a great podcast um, and you should absolutely listen to it. So there. There you have it. Thank you. <laughs> you are welcome. And thank you for your time. I know you're a very busy man. Super Kev, over to you. Well, I just, I got one more question for Ian. Yeah, yeah. Super Kev. I asked, I asked Lee Judges and Dan Potts this question yesterday. And I'm going to ask you, Ian. Ian, what happens if Man City can't respond to the Arsenal winning? What happens? <laughs> Yeah, what happens <laughs> in the press and what happens on your car and what's the thought process? What happens? Because everyone's expecting Man City to just win out the season. Yeah, yeah. But what happens, what happens, what if, happens if they don't? Well, we know what happens if they don't, Kev. I don't, I'd rather not say it out loud. No, but but we know. <laughs> I want to no, know your mindset, you see. Your mindset, because you do a podcast and all that. 
Yeah. So they're expected to do that, but they've not done it all season, really. No. So... <laughs> Come on. What don't, happens don't is... Back. Um, I, botched, what... I botched it as well, mate. Well, worry. no, but what happens is that... Um... We'll be doing four-hour podcasts. We might go uh, <laughs> game by game or something. Right, let's start game at a time. Let's talk about this one for a while. We'll do player, player by player. We'll be talking till August. That's what will yeah. happen. Um, and I this. will be paying a yeah. visit to uh, the town hall at the end of May. And yeah. um, people will be flying in. I've got a mate flying in from Germany for the last game. My son will come down from Glasgow. And it'll all be, um, yeah, just happiness special it will be special it will be special it will be special it will be special and and uh yeah that's what'll happen if man city don't do their business and yeah one game at a time like you say we know that you take leeds leeds is the next game for us we take that yeah. And, and we'll all be Liverpool fans on that first game back for them as well. We uh, a quickie from John Mavrudis here. Uh he created a Paul Weller Fillmore concert poster. Um, he's got to get your book. Thank you, Ian. So, Thanks, John. Yeah, awesome stuff. All right, Super Kev, back to you. Well, yeah, that was it, Ian. Thanks for thanks for giving us your time to Sophie, myself, and the squaddies. The squaddies love you, as it's always. Been great, mate. It's been and great. Uh, hopefully we could get you back at the end of the season. Yeah. When we're celebrating, we hope. <laughs> so again, that'd be lovely. Ian, you know, Ian, you know what? One thing I've, I've I've noticed: nobody's getting too far above their station because we know no. this could this could derail. No. But we're just so proud of the boys. You know yeah. what I mean? We're just so yeah. proud of the boys. Yeah. So, squaddies, with that again, we thank Ian. Thanks to Sophie. Thanks to you for joining us. I'm not even going to go there with the likes tonight because we've had such a good show and you've had over an hour. <laughs> so hit the likes when we're gone. You broke so them yesterday too. So, Yeah, so squaddies, <laughs> I've got to say, we love you. Take good care and at ease. Look after yourselves and enjoy your international break. At ease. Mind the gap between the train and the platform. Please stand clear of the discussion doors. The next stop is Highbury Squad.